0: Welcome to the Curiously Wise Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Wittig. This podcast is all about honoring, sharing, and celebrating the natural and experiential wisdom of my guests through curiosity-provoking conversations, shared stories, and tips we've all gathered along this journey. And from time to time, I'll be sharing my own stories and my own wisdom in solo episodes. Oh, and we'll be laughing a lot. I invite you to join in the fun as we uncover the unique wisdom we each carry within us. Ready? Let's get curious. Hello, friends, and welcome to Curiously Wise. I'm Lauren Whitting, your host, and today I have, in person even, a good, good friend of mine, Denise Neveau. And she is a teacher. She's been my teacher for Reiki and esoteric healing and shamanism. I'm still working through some of those, all of them, I guess. (laughs) But she's one of the wisest people I know. She's got so much knowledge and she's such a great teacher that she imparts knowledge with great ease and grace. I'm not going to introduce Denise. We're going to let her unfold before your eyes. She's got so many things that she does and that she has studied and she is a teacher by profession before you were hired, and teaching kids. So she's really good at managing things. <laughs> yes. Teaching physical education for 32 years. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm lucky because she's teaching this other stuff, this energetic modalities, systems that are just fabulous. So tell us first how you came to even understand energy and how you came to be a healer.
1: Well, actually, the universe is what kind of stopped me in my tracks back in around 99, 2000. And it was a health issue that surprised me, came out of the blue, and I didn't want to go on a lot of medicine. So one day, somebody said, hey, I'm going to a Reiki practitioner. I was like, what's that? (laughs) So I just decided to go to see this particular Reiki practitioner, and she ended up being my Reiki master. Mm. So we did a lot of work and a lot of work that affected this particular health issue had to do with my inner power I was giving my power away to everybody. I didn't know that. And we then, I think one day I walked in there after about a year and I said, I'm going to be off all my meds in three years. And I was. Mm. So as I cleared all of these things throughout my life, I started feeling Energy. I had felt energy before, but I could feel it more than ever that I had ever experienced. Mm. And what I realized was the energy I feel were from other people, or from nature, or from earthbound spirits and things like that. And then I just continued. And one day I was laying down uh, as my Reiki practitioner, Reiki master Patricia. My hand started to heat up as I'm laying on the table. I'm like. I kind of looked at it and I said, you know, I feel like we're in the wrong place. <laughs> I should be sitting beside the table and you should be laying down. Mm-hmm. And that's how I just started taking Reiki
0: classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so when you feel energy, you talked about your hands heating up, which is, yes. I'm always talking about energy with my hands because yes. that's how I feel it as well. But you also feel energy from other people. Yes. I know just in day-to-day stuff. Yes. So how does that? How do you experience that? Well, it depends on what
1: kind of mood the person is in. (laughs) Truthfully, I can tell I'm also very empathic. So I could go to the grocery store and if the person in front of me has a stomach ache, then I get a stomach ache. Mm. And I was taught by my teacher to ask, is this mine? And a lot of times the answer is no, it is not mine. I'm picking it up. And that's how I can distinguish if it's me not feeling good or if it's somebody else.
0: Yeah. That's a powerful question. And I know that I wasn't aware of being an empath until probably until I met you, <laughs> which was what, four years ago or so. Yes. If you've been following it all, I've met a lot of the people that are showing up on my podcast through my Wise Women Circle that I ran for two years. Yeah. And that was how I met Denise as well. So that's why I can say four years, because that's about when it was when we started that. I don't think I knew I was an empath until I started really talking to you and realize, I always knew I was sensitive, but I thought I was just sensitive. People would tell me I cried too much. And having grown up in the kind of household that I did, I now realize that I, like, oh no, I was picking up everybody else's yes. stuff. So yes. this question that you ask yourself for empaths is probably the number one thing they need to start doing. That's
1: correct. So if
0: you feel energy or you feel a
1: change in your physical body, like a headache or a stomach ache, or sometimes, like your knee starts hurting out of the blue, mm-hmm. ask, "Is this mine?" And you get three answers. Actually, the first answer, yes, it is yours, and it's nobody else's. The second answer is no, none of it is yours. And the third answer is yes and no, <laughs> which means you already have a little bit of a stomach ache, and it's drawing somebody else's stomach that aim, energy, that energy towards you. So okay. it's a little of both. So yes and no. How do you know what yes and no is? I think you can just feel it in your body.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know when something's right because your body goes, oh, that feels right. Mm -hmm. And no is like, oh, that doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you have to figure out what yes and no feels
0: like to you. And that requires paying attention to what you're experiencing inside as you ask that. Correct. Because if you're not paying attention to asking yes or no, it's not going to pay off. (laughs) No. (laughs) Right. so a lot of this is about doing the inner work to really tune into your own energy. Is that balance? And then learning how to discern. That's a word I I'm still working on. Discern what's mine, what's yours. And then learning how to let it go. And so do you have any like,
1: not mine. Yeah. (laughs) And I just say, I take it out of my body and I throw it into a bucket of light and it goes to mother earth and it gets transformed. So nobody
0: else picks it up. Yeah. So that's really good. So that's what brought you to Reiki. Yes. But you also have all these other modalities that you bring to your practice.
1: Yes. I bought a CD from the ARE, which is in Virginia Beach, and it said the word shaman on it, and there was music. And I was like, oh, looks interesting. So I bought it, and I it was in the middle of the afternoon. I put it in my stereo back in the day when we had CD players.
0: <laughs> back in the dark age. I know. <laughs> At least it wasn't vinyl.
1: <laughs> hey, when I taught PE, I would bring vinyl records. Yeah. <laughs> and my kindergartner would say, wow, that's a big CD. <laughs> and I just decided the music was making me sleepy. So I lay down on the couch. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, I went to another dimension. I didn't know what it was. And I saw a Native American who's ending up to be one of my teachers and a vast, like, landscape. And the music actually brought me there, how they had it compiled, and the music brought me back. And I had gone to a class, and somebody says, you took a shamanic journey. and I said, what's that? (laughs) I did, what? (laughs) So then that was it. I followed Michael Herner and Sandra Ingerman. And I started reading books. And Sandra Ingerman has this book on it's like shamanism for dummies, but it's actually not called that. It's an awesome book. And I started taking journeys. And I have a whole couple of journals filled with it. Yeah. And then I got lucky and I found Dina Robinson, who is my shamanic mentor. And I started taking classes and I just absolutely love it. Yeah. I love taking shamanic journeys. It's a very powerful thing. If I don't know what to do about my life, I'll take a shamanic journey. If I have a client that's coming and I'm not sure, usually because things pop in my head what to expect if I come up with blank, I'll take a shamanic journey and it helps me get my ego out of the way. The, um, yeah, Shamanism is fantastic. It's what they call direct divination. In other words... Instead of going through another individual to tell you Mm. about how you should be in this life, you go directly to the source. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a power animal.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But they're also wise. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so wise. Yes. I came to shamanism sort of a roundabout way too. Yes. And had gotten books and learned to journey on my own, but I've recently started taking classes in it from Denise. She has so much more experience than I do and she's much better about going and reading books. <laughs> I like a teacher. <laughs> so so I'm learning a lot more about just how it can be used as a healing modality for myself but also for others and it's yes. really fascinating. I love going on journeys because it's like taking a trip to a different world. It is. And it is symbolic and mythic and extremely powerful things can happen very quickly on a shamanic journey that might take us weeks or months or years to work through in real life as my kids say
1: (laughs) yes i think it was life-changing for me reiki was life-changing for me shamanism was life-changing for me and shamanism helped me figure out about earthbound spirits uh, to class dying and beyond. And it was just one of the most fascinating classes I've ever taken. Mm. I love all the classes, mm-hmm. but that kind of like, oh, and then we also took shamanism depossession. You but, haven't offered that one yet. <laughs> no, I
0: haven't.
1: <laughs> We're going to do extraction. Yes. For yes,
0: yes. <laughs> I, I, I have a couple that I got to work up to, but it's like, oh, that sounds awesome. I don't know. It's like, Taking particularly the shamanic classes I've taken two with, you now, it is like going to Disneyland was for my kids when they were little. It's just like, oh, this is like the best thing ever. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just fascinating. It taps into my whole imaginary world, but it's real. I mean, and that sounds weird. Imagination is just a tool for manifesting, for bringing things into focus as far as I'm concerned. It's a huge tool. It's probably why I had so much fascination with American Indian culture as I was an anthropology student. And when I worked at Jamestown Settlement, which is a living history museum here in Williamsburg that everybody should come visit, it was the Indian village that I was most fascinated with. So I know I was told that I've been a shaman before. So that's probably why it sings to me.
1: Yes, and that's a good point. I believe every student that comes to me or a person of like mind that a lot of these techniques or things that we're doing to help an individual heal is we're just relearning it. Mm-hmm. It's not a new thing to us, right? We've done it whether right. a shaman or a medicine woman in, and yeah. in the life, right?
0: Right? Yeah. I have come to think that books and classes are really more reminders for me. That's about things I've learned in other lifetimes, and then there is my latest obsession with your classes. Oh. <laughs> esoteric healing soul focused esoteric healing yes so that's fascinating in a whole different level <laughs> yes
1: it is so to just make it easy to understand it's like sacred geometry of the body the earth is sacred geometry all over the place and so to find triangles in the body and help balance them that's what esoteric healing is about but it's a lot more than just one triangle but i'll give you an example of one triangle that would be the base chakra and then it's adrenals they go mm-hmm. with it and you make a triangle and you'll find that one point is not as strong. And so that's what's making the imbalance. And you wait till that gets the strength and then mm-hmm. the triangle balances it out.
0: Yeah. It's a very complex in some ways, but simple in some ways, modality of healing. And I'm just fascinated by it. I was, uh, geometry geek you know that's my jam in math (laughs) and so it's bringing that sacred geometry into the healing process yes and denise and i both work similarly yes we do in that we have a lot of different modalities that we've been trained in or are in my case continuing to be trained in we also are intuitive we're very very intuitive so i think like me you have systems and you go oh this is what system I need to use today for this. right? Or yes. I'm using Reiki, but oh, I need to bring in a little bit of the shamanism in some way for this person today. And so it becomes, I refer to it as being kind of like a jazz musician, but you know, all these riffs, you play all these different things, and you can kind of pick and choose which bits you want when you're jamming. Yes. <laughs> so
1: good analogy.
0: Yeah. I love that one because that's the only way I can really explain what I do. It's like I have all of these tools, and it's like, <laughs> which one works today? You also are a medium. Yes. Now, first of all, explain what a medium is for somebody. A a
1: medium communicates with those individuals that have transitioned into the light. With that, also, you are able to see or sense earthbound spirits. And most of them, majority of them, nine out of 10 are the earthbound spirits that haven't transitioned to the light are actually exactly the way them were when they were on earth. Mm -hmm. The other 10% are probably, you know, not fun.
0: Mm. Denise has a term she uses that that is unfun. (laughs) So I like that. I use that a lot now. Something's something's unsun.
1: (laughs) If you give them a stronger word than that, then it increases their power. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I certainly don't want to do
0: that. No, no.
1: How did you learn that you could do that?
0: Or did you just uh, always know?
1: Well, I was actually in a school and I was sitting in the office and this guy, a tall, tall man with a gray beard walked through the office and I looked around, I was sitting down and he walked behind me and then he walked out the door. And I told the secretary, I said, who is that? And she goes, who was what? I said, that tall man with the blue jacket that just walked through. <laughs> and the secretary just looked at me. I could tell by the look on her face that she didn't see it. And I was like, that was a man that walked through. Do you didn't see it? And she goes, nope. <laughs> and I got up and I left. <laughs> so that was the first time I actually saw a earthbound spirit. I live in Virginia and there are civil war and whatever kind of war all over the place. And there are places I just can't go. It's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. There is a terminology called being a psychopomp. And being a psychopomp is an individual that helps those transition into the light. Mm -hmm. Not all of them want to go. Yeah, But if I come out of the hospital, I will turn around and I will see sometimes it's two people who have died. Or maybe there could be sometimes a dozen, Mm. which is why I don't like going to hospital very much. But they follow me and they follow me for any, I don't know how they know. Mm -hmm. So before I get in my car, I have a conversation. I have assigned a special angel to assist me in in helping them transition so I don't bring them home with me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what I do. That's almost like a, it's not a daily thing for me, but it happens quite often tell them the story of my mother after she passed. <laughs> I can't remember what she said to me. She was pissed off at you because you had
0: helped me do something. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mom was a force to be reckoned with, but yeah, she showed up in your front yard, I think when yes. you're out doing yard work. Yes. Yeah. How did you get rid of her? Did you uh, rid I didn't. Her? I didn't. I just
1: try and help them understand that they're not here anymore. And Sometimes if they don't transition into the light, they just have a few more things. They might go to their loved ones and finish some work that they didn't, but I encourage them most of the time. And I usually send an angel with them to make sure that they go where they need to go. (laughs) And not all of them goes, but she did. She chilled.
0: Yeah. Um, She actually showed up in this room a few days after she passed. Yes. Because she needed her sister to have a message. And I have done a little bit of this work, but only with family members.
1: Most of the time I can tune them out, but then there are sometimes they just... I had done a mediumship reading over the phone and I was driving back from the store and there was a man on my car. I
0: remember this, yeah.
1: So, and he was banging on my car and I actually heard the bang like loud and I couldn't understand why the cars around me weren't tooting. There's a man on your car. (laughs) Uh, you know opened up my sunroof and now I could see him and I'm like
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's a wild and willy life (laughs) yeah
1: so I pulled up in my garage and I stood at the door before getting in the kitchen. Usually I don't even let him in that but he's on my car and I was like what he said I want you to give my children a message and I'm like (laughs) okay (laughs) you need to find them give them a way to find me other than that, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But but that's crazy. And so it's truly welcome to my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a miserable thing. It is what it is now. Right. I didn't like it at first, but.
0: Yeah. It, it can be a little startling. Yes. To see people who have passed over. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I've only done that a couple of times and it's been family members for sure. So let's turn to your teaching. Yes. Yeah, because you mentioned earlier that you were an elementary school phys ed teacher. And I know you bring a lot of that experience. Oh, yeah. When you're wrangling the rest of us, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't need a whistle. No, you don't need a whistle. Okay, <laughs> I didn't use a whistle when I taught. I used one of those little plastic whistle things with three holes in it. Oh, like an ocarina? Yeah. Um, so just, because <laughs> way anyway, it wasn't so loud. Yeah. The kids loved it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids. What did you start teaching first? I started teaching Reiki, Reiki first, first. Okay. And that's also a real interesting experience because I hadn't planned on it at all. I didn't really, it wasn't something I wanted to do. I just needed to deal with this gift I have and figure out what I'm going to do with it. And I still have a full-time job. I went to the gym and met this yoga instructor and she goes, I hear you teach Reiki. I said, no, I don't teach Reiki. She goes, yes, you do, because I want you
0: to teach me. <laughs> the universe
1: will get you yeah. messages,
0: won't
1: it? This is exactly what happened. So I scheduled a class. I had three people sign up for it. And the person that said I was going to teach him didn't even take the class.
0: Yeah, that was definitely a message. <laughs> she, was messenger. she was the messenger. Yes. <laughs>
1: My confidence wasn't that great when I first started, and then I became comfortable teaching it. And I think as time went on, one of the biggest things that I realized and that I learned from my students, and I have to pay attention to them no matter who they are, what do I need to learn from here? And it's not that I wasn't listening to them because I was, but I needed to listen to them on a deeper level and understand how they're going to grasp this concept. And what I did was realize that. Everybody learns in their own way. And I already knew that. And everybody has their own way of interpreting things. And then with that interpretation, doing the energy work. So I had to leave it to them. I'm going to give you, okay, A, B, and C. This is what you need to know. Mm -hmm. And you go ahead and do it because this is going to be Lauren's energy work. It's not going to be Denise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is how uh, over the years I've transformed into that kind of a teacher. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. She only does small classes which is wonderful. Yeah. And it's very experiential which I love with yes. with a coach standing by, you know. <laughs> You're very good at it Thank and I you. really appreciate that you do this for small groups because it really I see some reiki classes that look like they've got 20 people in them and that wouldn't work for me. But Right. It works for some people. Mm -hmm. Through
1: this pandemic, people started doing the Reiki classes online, and I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's not for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the attunements are really what makes Reiki. There are many, many lineages of Reiki. Asui was the main guy that channels the information. And then the, you have a tree just like any other ancestral tree. right? And the tree I follow along is the Rakuki energy, Rakuki Reiki, Ishikuro and Robertson. Those two are the ones that kind of shifted to that. And in that lineage, we do four Reiki attunements for Reiki one, two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And what is like so amazing to see is the transformation of these students from the first attunement to the second, to the third, to the fourth. And I've had people who have taken Ricky, and once again, I'm not judging anybody else's teaching ability or lineage or anything. All I know is that when they come and they take Ricky 1 again and they have the poor attunements, they can feel it within themselves uh, how it cleared a lot of energy and stuff yeah. from them. Reiki two is a two double attunement. Two so it's still four attunements, but I go around twice, mm-hmm. two times. And the Reiki master is like four times around.
0: Yeah. And they do pack a while. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah.
1: I like it. I will teach with two people. I have taught with five, but that is like max. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't want to teach 20 people, but even after teaching Five people, I was wiped out for a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. From the energy, from the attunements. I believe in the past 10, maybe 12 years, because I've been teaching for 17 years, something like that. Wow. I think I channel more <laughs> as a teacher. And think
0: energy flows. Yeah. With that. It's potent. It's great. We all get a little giddy while we're taking our classes. Yes. <laughs> But she also has this beautiful backyard with these amazing trees. And I have learned when we take a break or at lunchtime to go out, take my shoes off, and just stand in her grass and talk to her trees because I love to talk to trees and enjoy the birds. And it's just, it's a beautiful place to just kind of come and be quiet and ground yourself. So that's, yes. I mean, literally grounding yourself. Reconnecting to Mother Earth because we get, I call it la-la land. I like to go way out of my body. And then I come back and I got to get settled back in my body. Yes. You've got a good setup there for classes too. A few years ago, you invited me to join a group that you've been running for a long time. Since 2011. And I call it the Earth Healing Group. And that's just the easy way for me to explain it to people. That's that's good enough. That's just what it is. (laughs) So you came to that in an interesting way i did i did there's actually two things that happened
1: pretty close to each other i see energy workers once a month minimal for so, your own for your or for my yeah. own to help balance my right. body i was laying on the table she does a form of i call it Sharon healing because mm-hmm. she has her own entourage and her own technique mm-hmm. a somewhat a healing touch So I'm laying on the table and she said, I would like one of Denise's guides to speak through her. Well, I took her literally. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, this huge being showed up in my mind's eye. Mm -hmm. And I know a white cloak with a little tie around here, gray hair, gray beard, but he was very, very big. And he embodied me. I didn't say no, but I didn't say, hey, you know, you want <laughs> it, to, it, it just happened. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I know, I was answering her questions, but I wasn't answering her questions. and his name is Bartholomew. Mm-hmm. He's a force to be reckoned with, mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Loving and compassionately forced to be reckoned with. And that's how that started. And I think my question was that I had intuited somehow that a tsunami was going to be hitting the continent of North America. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know what I could do. Is there something we could do here? I can't remember what his answer was Mm when we started talking about that. But what I did know was, yes, you can. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to do that? Yeah, so I went home and I'm puzzling, and I don't know the time between that and when I had my dream. So I had a dream. It was a Friday night, and all I dreamt was sevens. There was no story behind it. There was no animation. <laughs> sevens everywhere I looked. There were sevens of shape, color, size. And I woke up, and the next morning, I'm okay, like, "What the heck is that?" So I didn't think about it too much, but I did go outside. And I started doing some yarn work and the information came in and they said that for me to form a group of seven women and for you to get that power together, because seven is a powerful number mm-hmm. and to start healing the earth. I think the seven women came up like within that day and the next day. And we already had, that. <laughs> we already had our group going and Bartholomew what, I do is I channel him and I write it in my journal, what we're going to do next, how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And the third piece to this is I just read a book by Ted Andrews called Fairies. Mm -hmm. And in the book, it talked about elementals, air elementals, fire, water, and earth elementals. And Bartholomew said, you're going to be healing the earth using your elementals. And... That was that. So I created a meditation for all of the seven, including me, to meet our elementals. Everybody has an earth elemental. That's theirs. Everybody has a fire, a water, and an air element. Everybody has one. So yeah, I got my four and I work with them and they're amazing and they're very healing and they're funny. I guess those are the three pieces. Mm -hmm. And about every four to six weeks or so, depending yeah. on everybody's schedule, we do earth healing session. Yeah. Sometimes we clean out the Ganges and sometimes like in the pandemic, we help clear the emotional energy. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of things that we do. And with the help of elementals, with the help of power animals, with the help of the four archangels of the elements. I don't know them by heart, but like uh, Archangel Michael is the element of fire.
0: That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It is some of the amazing things that we do. And we don't get very much feedback, but I think Mm -hmm. since 2011, maybe half a dozen times we'll see on the news how something shifted. And Mm -hmm. we're like, wow, we did work on that. We don't get much feedback on it, but I do know that. We do the work.
0: Yeah. And it's because it's working at an energetic level. So it's not like people go, oh, somebody came and did energy work and now this is working. You know, it's like, yeah, but it feels so right when we're doing it. And it's basically a journey. Yes. But it's a group journey, which is really fascinating.
1: A middle world journey, basically.
0: Yeah. When we're doing the work. I can always speak for myself, but I think the rest of the group feels the same way. I'm the newbie in the group, so it feels right. It just feels like you're doing the right thing. You're doing the good thing. I complain a lot about people not doing things for the greater good anymore. When I grew up, there was a lot of talk about doing things for the greater good, and this feels like it's for the greater good, and it doesn't matter that nobody knows what we're doing. It, It doesn't matter. It is simply for the greater good, and honestly, it's for the greater good of Mother Earth, and then. It flows over into those of us who get to live on her. That's correct.
1: So Bartholomew has told me many times that Mother Earth or Gaia, however you want to talk about her, is a being. Mm -hmm. And she's going through her own transitions, her own expansions, as humanity is going through transitions and expansions. So when Mother Earth expands or has an expansion, so do the humans and Mm -hmm. we can feel it. We don't know what it is, but yeah. And then when the humans have an expansion, so does mother earth. Mm -hmm. You can look around the earth and we haven't been too kind to her.
0: No, no. One of the beautiful things, and I know it's hard to talk about the pandemic in terms of beautiful things, but one of the beautiful things for me was all of the film of the animals coming back into places that they had not been for so long because people weren't out and about that. You could see the Himalayas from town, miles away that they've yeah, they ever seen it before. Because the know? pollution cleared yeah, out. Yeah. And it happened so fast. And for me, this is a little bit off topic here, but for me, that was a very affirming moment of, it's not going to take a lot of effort for us to make things better here. I mean, it takes effort, but Mother Earth is resilient. She springs back. When we make room for her, Yeah, she came barreling back and it was beautiful. So, uh, unfortunately, we're back to our (laughs) usual now, but
1: we've seen it. Right. And I think a lot of people saw that Mm -hmm. and I think
0: those people are going to help. Yeah. Because of the same feeling that I have. It's like, oh, we can do this. This is not an impossible feat to reverse things and to be in better relationship with the earth. Yes. I know you had a few things that Bartholomew wanted you to share with our listeners If I'm not doing
1: what I was meant to do in my journey in this life, he certainly gives me a nice big push and reminds me, but he showed up this morning. I guess he knew what I was doing, but he wanted to give a message to you. If you are an empath or if you are a light worker or you do energy work, it doesn't matter to seek out other light workers to balance your body. It really helps me because if you're an empath, it is not easy to live on the earth plane sometimes, especially through the pandemic, I was bombarded with global fear. And so I had to readjust my energy field so I could function. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and seek out a light worker or an energy worker, however you want to word it. What is important though, ask that energy worker or that light worker that you want to go through. By the way, massage therapists are energy workers, mm-hmm. even though a lot of them don't say that. Make sure that that practitioner does their own work, that they seek out other energy workers, because if you're an empath and they don't, then you're going to feel a lot of their energy, a lot of their stuff. Two books that shifted for me, the very, very first book I read was You Can Hear Your Life by Louise Hay. She's been around for years and years and years, but me understanding that my words to myself, I was my worst critic, was affecting my body, affecting me physically, emotionally, mentally. And she taught me that. So read that book, keep it by your side all the time, because she has some tremendous positive affirmations to help you shift things. The other book I just read recently, even though I know it's been around for years and years and years, I think information comes to you exactly when you need it,
0: is The Four Agreements.
1: And I can't remember who wrote that. We'll
0: have it in the show notes with links to Amazon. So you can yes. check it out.
1: <laughs> the four agreements are uh, to be impeccable with your word, not take anything personally. Yeah. I was the queen of taking things personally. Mm-hmm. Don't assume. And just to do your best in your work on a daily basis. Be impeccable with your word. Both Laura and I have where our energy is very strong. We work on people If I say a negative word or if she says a negative word to somebody, that's the energy that they receive. Mm -hmm. So to do your best to be impeccable with your word and your thoughts, Mm because thoughts are still energy. Mm -hmm. Trust your intuition. I think probably that would be the biggest thing for my clients and students is to trust. Did I really hear that? Did I really see that? Walk in the woods, take a walk as often as you can. And if you can't go in the woods, take your shoes off and take a walk on Mother Earth and Mm -hmm. ground yourself. If you are empathic and are sensitive to other people's energies, and not just human energies, but computer energies, you have a lot of energy off of it. Mm -hmm. So figure out a way to learn how to protect yourself. I had to figure out what worked for me. There's lots of information out there you can get on how to protect your energy field and to ground yourself. Yeah. I am not one who likes to be grounded. Yeah. I would rather be floating out there yeah. and having conversations with whoever trees and
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I'm the same. I'm always having to remember to ground. Right. And I do it the same way. I go outside and, whenever I can just, yes. especially around trees. Trees are awesome. Yes. <laughs> so cycling is grounding
1: for me because mm. I have no choice, but to pay attention to what I'm doing and the, breathing and my muscles working, that's what it does for me. Mm-hmm. I think the last thing, everything that is, is alive. A rock is alive. A tree is alive. You may not believe the nature's first, but they're out there. Mm-hmm. So if you decide to cut a tree down, talk to it first and tell them what you're going to do and why. They just want to be heard. How do I know this? Because they've told me. <laughs> they've told Lauren. Mm-hmm. And there are beings diva of the land. There are gnomes out there. I have them in my yard. I talk to them all the time and you you might think that's crazy,
0: (laughs) but it's not, but it's not. They're they're not alone in that experience That's because that is, it is easy to go, God, I'm just weird. I'm just crazy. But then you start meeting other people who share the same experiences and you haven't like I never told you that I saw gnomes. So you didn't tell me. And then we just started yes, talking about it. You did want to tell me.
1: <laughs> we were having tea down the road somewhere. And she told me she's seen gnomes. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I met somebody else who's seen a gnome.
0: <laughs> so <clears throat> they always look like tumbling mushrooms to me <laughs> when they come out. It's like they roll in.
1: <laughs> so one of the reasons my yard is the way it is, I made it into a hailing sanctuary. If I see a whole part of a forest being burned or flooded or torn down, I will actually go there. I'll take a Middle Earth journey and bring them if they need to be healed. And then I send them on their way if they want to go back or if they want to go somewhere else. To really be able to connect to them, I suggest to take a shamanic class because when I teach shamanism, I teach you how to go to the lower world it's more of a dimension. It's not hell. No. <laughs> no <laughs> I teach you go to wonderful. The... <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> I teach you go to the upper world and I teach you go to the middle world. So if you walk out your back door, you will see trees and bushes and such. But if you take a shamanic journey, then you'll be able to see all
0: the nature spirits, the gnomes, and
1: everyone that's out there.
0: Yeah. So and I just want to add, you and I both use the word see. But I think perceive is maybe a better word because not everybody experiences things exactly the way we do, correct. Um, and I know I have a, a friend who doesn't see even in her mind's eye, but she can perceive, correct. So if, I just wanted to throw that in because I know that that's been a sticking point for a few people I've talked with. So
1: well, let's go through that. Yeah, I talked about it earlier. Yeah. So you've all heard of clairvoyance, clear audience, clear sentience, and that helps you. See and feel and hear the unseen. So there's a word, and I wish I remembered the name of the book that I learned from. It was about mediumship. And in it, she explained that there's two kinds of clairvoyance, clairvoyance objective and clairvoyance subjective. So clairvoyance objective is when I saw that Civil War person go through, that I could really see him like I see Lauren. That's clairvoyance objective clairvoyance subjective is when you see them in your mind's eye. Clear clairsentience is I have a feeling that there's a being there and it could be earthbound. It could be an angel. It could be your guide. It doesn't matter. It's just an inner knowing that you have. And then there's clear audience and that's the ability to hear. And that's also clear audience objective where you can actually hear it. Like I hear her talking to me. So I went to my neighbor's house and walked in and I heard, I'm home. And I heard it just like I heard. And it was her mom who had recently passed away to let me know to tell her she was home. And then there are other times, Bartholomew usually speaks clear audience subjective Mm -hmm. where I can hear what he's telling me in my head. So just know that if you don't see him, him, Sam, that doesn't mean you don't have clairvoyance.
0: Right. Right. Cause I'm more of a interior seeing than the exterior. And, and, Um, and so am I. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. Cause it, (laughs) (laughs) I I had a dog who passed away at 15 years old and she showed up like three times and she freaked me out. I would see her and hear her jingle jingle of her collar. And I finally said, you got to (laughs) stop. You're freaking me out. And she did. I said, I love that you're here, but you're freaking me out with the noise and the seeing you. Yeah. So That's, now you'd be okay with it. Now I would be. It still kind of right. gives me a little shock, a little like, what? <laughs> you know? But I'm much more comfortable with it now because I've got it more and I don't see them as actual beings like I see you very often. So yeah.
1: yeah. More often than not. I see memory on Yeah. Yeah. So. Or I sense that they're there.
0: Someday I will share the story of my mother in this room. But today's not that day. That is a lot that we have shared with you. You can see why I loved talking to Denise because I always learn stuff and she's a kindred spirit, very much so. And probably the most the closest to the way I operate in the world that I've met is you. And we know we've been siblings in past lives. And we have.
1: Can't you tell? It's she told sun. me I had to come into the earth plane two years before her so I could I check. I like coming first. So I could check. <laughs> then she came two years. <laughs> I needed a big <laughs> Yes.
0: And I discovered, well, we discovered that when I was just, I had come to see you for sessions. Yes. And, and yeah. that information came out through this. You never know what's going to show up when you have a session with someone like us. Because <laughs> it's always fascinating. I'm going to switch gears now and go to a rapid fire question. I ask this of everybody and whatever comes to mind first is the right answer. Okay. Okay. So you don't have to think. Who is or was the wisest person in your life? See, that's a hard question. (laughs) First one that comes to
1: mind. There isn't anybody. No? No. Okay. Because, oh, well, my grandmother. Okay. But she didn't talk words to me Mm -hmm. I think if I were to look back we talked to each other in our mind's eye Mm -hmm. but that's it my upbringing wasn't fun I love everybody but yep nobody there yeah but your grandmother was there yes my grandmother was
0: I had a very quiet grandmother too but she was a rock in my
1: life yes she was so I would go sit next to her while the rest of all the family and cousins were outside playing Mm -hmm. and she was Catholic and she said the rosaries Mm -hmm. and I would sit there and she would read a prayer book and the energy was just fabulous Mm -hmm. so it would be her yeah I almost forgot yeah what's your favorite self-care practice probably taking a shamanic journey Mm -hmm. and I go and get information and there's a place where i go to rest and get some healing Mm -hmm. in my own little place Mm -hmm. and then cycling
0: yeah you do that a lot that feeds my soul yeah all right good what lights you up when you're feeling down nature
1: i go in my backyard and i sit back there i have to have a little feral cat Mm -hmm. and she comes around my bluebird house and watch the birds or watch the bees feed off my lantana that is my favorite, favorite thing. And then sometimes they talk to me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't. So mm-hmm. nice. All
0: right. Do you have a favorite mantra
1: or affirmation? Trust yourself. That's the only thing that comes forward. Trust who you are. Trust your intuition above all else. Is. Above all people. Yes. Yes. Good. So that would be it. Be your authentic self and
0: trust that. Yeah. Good. That And that's powerful, especially to be trusting your intuition above all else. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love it. All right. What's your favorite food? Sushi.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love sushi. <laughs> I like sushi. Never loved it, but... I understand that people really do. Yes. My kids both love sushi. Yes. I would have said pizza, but the dough just doesn't work. For me <laughs> I, know, sorry.
1: I mean, I'm not gluten intolerant, but
0: my body goes, don't eat that. Yeah. We don't like that anymore. So. <laughs> Sushi's lighter. Okay. Tell us where our listeners can find you online. You
1: can find me on my website, hyphen tidewater. Com. And I have a contact thing,
0: just contact me. Yeah. And we'll have that, of course, in the show notes. And you have something, a freebie that you have.
1: Yeah. So if you want a 15 minute free reading, you're going to have to email me with the answer to three questions. Other than Reiki, what else do I teach? What is the name of the light being that I channel? And name three things in this podcast. That you didn't know before listening to this podcast and, and if you answer those three you've had a 15 minute free reading from me
0: and she's like really really good at that so yes uh, and we will have that information in the show notes as well with the email link. so right so if you don't live
1: anywhere around here i'll be happy to do it on zoom all right
0: so wow that was a lot that was great <laughs> I mean, I've known you for a while now and I know you do all these things, but to really go through them and hear some of the stories behind them, it's been really special for me. So I appreciate you doing that. And I hope that if you've enjoyed this, maybe you'll consider leaving us a review. That's always appreciated. It does help us be found by other people. You can always find me at www.heartlightjoy.com. And I would love to talk to you. If you have any questions or you want to give us some feedback, that would be great. I want to thank Denise for being here with me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Oh, yeah. Oh, my honor. I but really am. It's been a joy. I hope you'll join us next week. We have new episodes come out every Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort. I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot, our producer, and Sam Wittig, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is, by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity.